All right. I saw you twisting your hips. That's good. <laughs> Anything that gets you moving, but especially Eddie Harris, which is what we're hearing now. Eddie Harris on tenor sax, best known for introducing electrically amplified musical instruments, in his case, the tenor sax and piano. He died in Los Angeles, California in 1996 at the age of 62, but accounted for himself very well up until that point with the work he did in music. This is Lead Stories. I'm Utrice Lead, and it's Free Your Mind Friday. What is that? Free Your Mind Friday is when we convert our regular program to an open forum, except there's a purpose to the open forum, and that is for you to express your opinion, not to just yammer on, but to express an opinion about something you think is important for us to consider, for the world to consider. And you'll do your best to convey the importance of the subject, and whichever side you choose to take on it, give us an idea of why you're taking that particular slant on it. It's for Your Mind Friday, so you have a lot to choose from. There's no pre-set program guide. You know, you just you, you, you say what you want to say about things that you think matter, but didn't get quite the airing that it deserved. Okay? 888-874-4888. We are perfecting, at least we're trying to perfect this art of communicating so that no matter what format you're in, you're doing a good job because you understand the science of it. There's a science to it. It's not just you talk it. You have to have a purpose. You want to be very clear about where you stand on, a, on an issue or a subject. And you want to provide us with... Uh, oh, you want to provide us with a, a reason for listening and perhaps incorporating what you are telling us with other... Uh, opinions that we've been wrestling with. 888-874-4888. And uh, I don't know how to make this stop. Okay, great. All right. I don't see anybody yet. I don't see you yet. Where are you? 888-874-4888. There's a lot to talk about this week. Uh, you should be overwhelmed with choices of things that you want to talk about because there's so much that went on in the news this week up until yesterday, as a matter of fact. So choose your topic and let's start quickly so we don't waste time and in wasting time, we deprive other people of an opportunity to say something. Well, we start off first with 
Jeremiah from Harlem. You're on the air. Good afternoon, Jeremiah. Uh, I'm literally uh, walking down Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard right here, so hopefully there won't be any uh, loud sirens or things of that nature that surprise me. But um, we have a very serious situation on our hands here in New York City. I mean, it's been an ongoing serious situation. But Mayor Eric Adams um, has revealed himself once again to be a puppet of the biosecurity state. You know, who's paying him off, what the agreement was, I'm not sure. But it's clear that the man is being paid off because um, he just made the absurd announcement that he's looking into what would be required to make vaccines mandatory for New York City public school children to attend school in the fall. I mean, COVID vaccines, that is. Um, And it's just unbelievable. It's incomprehensible. The number of children who have died from COVID-19, the number of child deaths attributed to COVID-19 throughout this entire COVID period is approximately 1,200 children. And it turns out that possibly none of them were actually healthy children. Um, These were mostly children with terminal illnesses who were already in the hospital being treated for terminal illnesses. And then they also got the COVID tag added to their terminal condition. But healthy children were not dying of this disease and have not died in general. So why we would impose a mandatory medical intervention that remains very experimental in nature um, is just unbelievable. And then it also ignores um, all the new data that's coming in showing, A, the inefficacy of these products, and two, the dangers of these products. If these products are reducing men's sperm counts, why would you give it to a young boy? who hasn't even gone through their formative development. If these products are causing irregularity in women's menstruation, why would you give it to a young girl who's not even menstruating yet? I mean, we have really, really crossed into the next threshold of evil here. If we were willing to sacrifice ourselves, I mean, that's pretty macabre to begin with. But we're now going to sacrifice children. We're a society that engages openly and child sacrifice, basically, that you would impose a dangerous medical intervention without even attempting to explain the necessity for it and completely ignoring the negative metrics that are coming in, indicating, proving that these products are harmful. So if you live in New York, please speak up, rattle the cage. If you live outside of New York... Lend a little help from outside. Send a tweet to Mayor Eric Adams saying, hey, the whole world is watching. Why are you trying to poison children? In the meantime, you can't even implement one single social program that anyone could be happy about in our city of New York. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, for your commentary today. Gwen from New York, you're on the air. Hi, Trice. Um, how Hi. are you? Okay. Uh, and you? 
You're okay? Well, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm a bit stressed. <laughs> uh, and that was just a very stressful uh, uh, intera- interaction I just heard. Um, I agree. I, I think Mayor Adams is going to be one of the biggest puppets and most dangerous puppets of this city. And uh, I think there's nothing that uh, when the big shots tell him to do it, he's going to go ahead and do it. And he's going to try to do it bigger and better than anybody else. Um, so I'm very opposed to that as well. Um, but what I wanted to uh, also bring up uh, was, well, two things, um, two separate items, if I could. You tell me. The first one I just wanted to pass by people was this, that, you know, it's really amazing that this guy in Chicago was able to, uh, you know, not only shoot the people he did, but he had um, an, he had a, a space on, on the Internet to do it. He wasn't censored. He wasn't pulled down. He has a group that follows him, and this group, uh, you know, follows other people. And you think, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Which guy in Chicago? I'm sorry. There's the 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 uh, Chicago shooting that just happened on Fourth of July, where the young man I don't know his name. I'm sorry, but uh, he took a rifle and he shot 19 people. It was in a suburban area of Chicago, and later on, it was um, it was televised that uh, he actually has a group on the internet, uh, and this group is kind of a group that eggs other people on to do this kind of thing. They support them and they egg them on to do it. And so, um, you know, while I'm listening to him, I'm thinking, wow, if you mention COVID, you know, on a WMYC radio, well, you're not going to mention it. They're just going to nix you. You're not even going to get on. Um, if there is a, a videotape, an educational videotape that gets put up by a reputable doctor uh, on YouTube about COVID, uh, it's also going to be squashed. But if you have a group of people that you've organized and you're working with, uh, to assassinate other people, we're not going to take that down from the internet. That will not be censored. That will be perfectly fine to leave up there. And I just you know, wanted to raise that to people because during these uh, days of censorship and uh, heavy-duty censorship, which is so frustrating when you're trying to get information, to find out something like this and to see how easily it was for him to uh, to be involved in a group like this and that nobody uh, censored them, and I don't know whether they're going to censor them now. So that was very uh, frustrating for me. And just one other topic, which is a little different, if you don't mind giving me two minutes for, I just wanted to also put out there, if you don't mind. Um, no, go ahead. Okay, I just started a new job, uh, which, you know, the economy's really bad and I'm making a lot less money than I was, but it's in retail and it's owned by a big retailer. And I won't mention the name of this store. But I would like to mention the name of the owner of the store, if it's okay. If it's not, I won't mention it. But the reason why I want to bring this up is it's very, very uh, galling to me that these retail chains um, have, uh, uh, they hire people only for 30 hours a week. You can't go one minute over that because they don't want to pay health benefits. And then they direct the people that work at the store to get onto Medicaid, okay? So these are gigantic May I mention the owner of the store? Sure. The owner company. Oh, right, okay. So the owner of the company is Macy's. And I can mention the store if you don't mind. I can mention that too because I really, I think it's, it, I think it's unbelievable. This is a chain of uh, cosmetic stores throughout the United States called Blue Mercury. 
And their policy is that your employees that work for Macy's, which is a huge store. And by the way, the store of Macy's is a unionized store. So they certainly know about health benefits. It's not something that slipped their mind. But, you know, these young people are coming to work and they're working their heads off and they're not allowed to work 40 hours a week. So they can't make any real money and they're not allowed to have health benefits. But they're being directed by places like Macy's to go on to Medicaid to take care of their medical needs. And so is Walmart. This has always galled me. Walmart, the biggest uh, retailer in the entire world, making more money than any store has ever made, it directs their people to go on Medicaid. And I think that this should be against the law. You know, there are many, many businesses out there that are obligated to pay for people's health benefits. That's the way it goes. Somebody works for you, you pay for their health care. That's what the law has been for a long time. But when I see these gigantic retailers with making billions of dollars and then asking the public to subsidize the health care that they should be paying for, I think it's unbelievable. So if we're going to have Medicaid for, uh, for this group of workers, then I would just say, and I happen to think that Medicaid is a really great system, I think that Medicaid should then be for all. Because, you know, this is crazy to to uh, to allow people to only work a 30 hour work week when they need to make more money and to allow these retailers to get away with this 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 nonsense. You know, at this store, it's it's unbelievable to me that people are being asked to carry the bank at the end of the day over to the bank. I never saw such a thing. Normally, when 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 there's a retailer, uh, you have a Brinks truck pick up money. You don't tell your employee to take their life in their hands and walk that money to the bank. But that's what this store does. And I think that, 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 you know, the idea that there's no security and also that you have people that are working here that are being asked to take care of, you know, cleaning the toilets as well. I mean, this is all stuff. When you have a, a regular store, normally there's a maintenance person that works there. There is There are people that, that take up the money. But this store is owned by Macy's, one of the largest retailers in the world. And the fact that they are being allowed to get away with this it is stunning to me. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't know whether I just lost my job, <laughs> but I, I guess I am really tired of being quiet about stuff like this. I mean, you, you know, you come in and you're expected to keep the secret for these people. But if we don't speak about these things, we don't have a conversation, then nobody really knows what's going on. And it's just really frustrating for me. These, these things that are happening, you know, full, full Internet access to murderers that are planning murders and then, you know, retailers that are billionaires that will not pay uh, health insurance. I mean, I just I want to open the window and let the sun shine in and let some of the people here at least know this secret. Thank you. Thanks for Thank expressing you. an opinion today. Thank you. This is Thank why you. we have this program, so that you can say what you need to say. And without being coached or without any uh, pre-planned topic, you decide what the topic should be based on the level of importance it has for you and consequently for us. 888-874-4888. It's Free Your Mind Friday on Lead Stories. Let's hear what you're thinking and let's hear why you're thinking it. Uh, this is your time. This, this whole program is devoted to what you're thinking. So use it well, 
take advantage of it and share with us what it is you think we need to be aware of. 888-874-4888. A lot has happened, especially in the last few days this week, uh, that would have bearing on our lives, even though we may not think that, but it does. So do you feel that way? Is it something that touches you? Is there something else in your mind that you, you believe people ought to know? And you're taking a position on it. This is the forum for it. Don't blow it. <laughs> you know, this is your time. It's dedicated to you. And uh, enough said. The importance is very, very important. Very important. Uh, when you consider that most people have nowhere to go to spread the word about anything, uh, much less share their opinion about something important that may touch many more lives. She from New York, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Can yes. you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. I just make a, okay, just want to make a comment about, um, I guess, a, an aspect of family life now, how we're more individualized and how people within the family could have different income levels, some very low levels, and could actually need help from different family members, but we don't help each other that much anymore. And I just want to comment that that could make people feel isolated or, you know, just uh, sad because you have to go and subject yourself to the types of jobs that the other caller was talking about and other situations. And it's not good. I'm not saying I have answers for it. I'm just saying that I, I don't hear us talking about those kind of things. And maybe if I talk about it, I'll think about it more and try to find a way to help that situation. Okay, but you're talking in general, and then you're talking but not quite specifically. What is your hesitancy here? Well, okay, I guess you want me to be more specific. Well, well, within families, right, different people, different economic levels. I mean, some people do very well. They make, they have good jobs. They have good incomes. And then there are those that don't. And you're, within families, you're, um, you're kind of left to fend for yourself economically. And there is often very little demonstrated concern. Sometimes people turn their backs on other family members. Now, I'm not saying this is a show where you have to do anything, but it's just, I'm just calling in to point out that that goes on and that perhaps we ought to look, if we care to, 
at our own families and see if this is going on. Are there people that are going through struggles and we're not, whether it's economic, I'll try to be more specific, economic problems or social problems, and we're just kind of ignoring them. And um, that causes people to have to, those people, for example, that are going through that, to have to fend for themselves. And, you know, if we're supposed to come together to fight for certain things economically or, you know, the Roe v. Wade, that's important, but so is this you know, where we're ignoring people that aren't doing well or ignoring people that aren't, you know, we're so caught up in our own problems that we're forgetting that we're part of a family. Does that make it a little better? It does. You're getting closer to it. The the thing is, isn't that a part of the whole uh, challenge of life? in this moment where you have so many people experiencing so many pressures in their lives. And outside of that, you have those things that are exerting those pressures, higher rents, you know, higher bills, um, lots of pressure that they don't talk about themselves. So how do you encourage a kind of meeting of the minds on this where just about everybody kind of comes comes clean and says, well, you know, I'm not doing as well as, as you think I am, but I need to know how I could help you. I was thinking maybe if I got used to talking about it here, maybe I would have more... I guess, courage to talk about it elsewhere because this is a place where you have, uh, well, you have a very friendly voice and you often give what I call the love glove when you have (laughs) a a point. I never heard of that before, the love glove. Well, the love glove, when when you have a point uh, to point out where a person is not perhaps on point as they should be or could be. So you give what I call a verbal love glove. And then you have so many regulars. You have uh, the lady that called, you know, one of your first callers. You have the, the brother, I forgot what his name, the elder. You have the gentleman that called. He said he's on uh, Adam Clayton Powell. So, you, you you know, you have so many people that call in. You have people from Chicago, uh Miami, you know, regulars. So you kind of feel like I can do it there. Oh, I see. I see. So maybe, you know. Do you feel particularly (laughs) affected because of your own family experience? Well, yeah. But, and and it it is me, okay. But I hear this, here's a phrase I hear a lot. I hear people say, well, I get along better, something to the effect of I get along better with 
of the people that are not my family rather than my own family. You know, I'm better uh, with other people and because they feel that their relatives don't treat them right or, you know, don't care or what have you. Uh-huh. And and then you, you, they're always afraid. Well, you, you you don't pick your relatives, but you can pick your friend. You make a very strong point. I want to tell you, you probably have hit a ball home to many people today with this particular really? subject. Yes, yes. Well, I hope so. You know, you, you know, even some of the celebrities that you look at and that are famous and they're wonderful singers and people. And, you know, it's been said that sometimes the artist has something to say that maybe they can't say at home or, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you you raise a very, very important subject. And it is difficult for many people to take the first step. But I encourage you to keep on the track that you are because... It is affecting you, and you. The, the plus here is that you can see clearly the damage that it does. Um, so, I hope that you, you you keep at it and keep getting better at mending fences wherever they could be mended. But you also have to be ready to let go. <laughs> you know, you can't yeah. save the world. If people yeah. are predisposed to behaving toward you in a particular way, accept that that's the way they mean to behave toward true. you. And true. just keep moving. True, that's true. And also for people out there who may come from families where, you know, it's, it's that situation. Because there's a lot of people that are just more individualistic because they know they don't have that family backing. And then people don't always know how to be more supportive. I I recognize that. So I'm just saying not only for me, but just for people out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for bringing this. Thanks for your love. uh, Reminding us, reminding us that, this is work we have to do. Many of us have this work to do. Thank you I'm so much. I'm not going to without being hurting. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks. Joseph from New York, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, Eutrice. Good afternoon. It is a pleasure to speak to you again. Uh, I didn't hear the very beginning, but since it's Friday, I presume it is free on my Friday. Yes, it is. Uh, and I uh, have one particular thing on my mind. I thought it would be the subject on everybody's mind, but maybe days have passed. And that is that uh, 60 shots that the young brother took out in uh, the Midwest early in the week, or was it last weekend? I, I don't remember the name, but... Uh, I have it written here, so I wouldn't forget it. Uh, But my notebook is thick, so you continue, and I'll continue looking. 
Yes, because I think his name is important. But uh, I want, this is mainly for young black men. I'm an old black man. Okay, I, I will preface it by saying that. We must realize that whatever the situation, when we are pulled over by police officers, we have to stop. They are allowed to shoot us once we don't stop. And we've seen that time and time again. We saw it was a few weeks ago. They chased a guy into a front yard and shot him in the back. So, you know, it's not like it's something that we don't know. So whatever the situation is, once you pull over, if you're driving, put your hands on the wheel, do not open the door, do not attempt to get out of the car. Wait for the police officer to approach your window, when he tells you to roll your window down, then roll your window down and answer his questions. And I know as a young man, I was upset and I would feel harassed and you are being harassed, but they are allowed to shoot you by the state. Okay? So to stay alive, follow the instructions. Now, they shot him. I don't know the details. I heard some later on that he was handcuffed when he was. Yes, he I, he was. How did he? He was handcuffed behind his back when his body was taken to the mortician. Okay, so I have a question for you. So we had assumed then that they, I guess they handcuffed him after they shot him. I guess is that what they're saying? We don't know, and we yeah. shouldn't guess. Right, okay, we don't know. That's that's information to be obtained, okay. But so my, my main point is for you young fellas out there, and I know I was young, and you, you feel you're being harassed, and you are being harassed, but the point is to stay alive. Follow the instructions, and you might not be shot. It doesn't mean you won't be shot but you have a better chance of not being shot because this 60 bullet thing is just, it's reminiscent of Amadou Diallo years ago, you know, what was 41 or what that was in his doorway. You know, it's, uh, in other words, they have the excuse that they heard a shot or they think they heard a shot. But anyway, it could have been their shot or it could have been no shot. But once somebody fires the gun one time, then they all empty their guns, it sounds like. You know, if he has all these bullets in him. So, but my main point is to try to stay alive in that situation. Don't make any moves. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I just found out later that he was handcuffed. So I don't know. It's like uh, George Floyd, of course, was he was handcuffed behind his back when the guy had the knee on his neck for nine minutes or whatever. So the fact that you've been handcuffed doesn't mean anything to them. They still 
allowed to kill you because you are a threat. You're a threat because you're a black male. That is the threat. You must realize that, you know. And uh, to try to stay alive, uh, well, the one guy a few weeks ago, he was shot in the back of the yard. So we don't know. In other words, I'm trying to say, Let's try to figure out the best way to stay alive. If they take you to jail, then perhaps you can get out later. But they are allowed to shoot you in the street. And you want to avoid that. Why Why this traffic stop? I don't know. But if you need a contrast... Compare that situation to the thing a few miles away during the 4th of July parade where the guy has a high-powered rifle and he shoots six people. I think now a seventh is dead. I think. Seven, yes. And, and they, uh, they accost him, and he's a person of interest. Oh, I meant to ask you. What's the difference between a person of interest and a suspect when it comes to a crime situation? Well, it's actually the police who determine that a person of interest or a yeah, suspect. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, yeah, but I mean, does that does that have to do with evidence or some what? What's the reasoning why? No, it's just it's the, it's what the police how the police categorize a person. Oh, okay. um, right. If they have had some kind of interaction to um, give them an idea that, you know, the person that they're uh, questioning um, is able to answer certain oh. questions or, or not, but a, that's a person of interest. They, they think he might be linked to a crime or she, right. uh, and, and that's a person of interest. They gather information that suggests a person, a particular person, might be linked to a crime that has been committed. A suspect is when they have a definitive idea that the person is linked to the crime. So this 21-year-old that got the 61 bullets, he was suspected of having committed a crime. That's what you're saying. And, and the person of interest, he may or may not have been the person that was involved in this shooting. That would be the difference, I guess. Yeah, well, we don't know. We, uh, we have no idea right. how the, uh, the police arrive at the status of a person. By the way, it's Jalen Walker. I just checked my notes. Jalen yes, Walker, you're talking about. Why? Exactly, exactly, yes. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, well, that still brings me back to my point. At least he was not as melanated as Jalen Walker was, so that, to my mind, may have had something to do with it. But the point I'm trying to get, of course, to these melanated young men is that the best way is no guarantee, but the best way to try to stay alive when you are confronted with the police is even though it's dehumanizing 
in a way, but to follow their instructions and maybe, just maybe, they won't put 60 bullets in you. That's my message Mm. for today. Well, thank you very much. It's a very useful message. Thank you. We'll take this break and come back to your calls at 888-874-4888 right after this. to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm Utrice Lead, and uh, it's Free Your Mind Friday. And this is where you get a chance to just say what's on your mind. Uh, we have no scripted program as such on such a day. Uh, we, we're not following uh, a particular title or anything like that. It's open space. Uh, for you to express your mind about things you believe are important and that people uh, might want to know some more about. 888-874-4888 is the number to call. And express yourself, free your mind. You have things that you want to say. It doesn't have to follow any particular format. It it should just be from yourself, but it ought to be an opinion. And we went through several rounds of what is an opinion. (laughs) So we're not going to go through that again. An opinion, not just talking, but you have a, a, you have deduced something um, that is useful in terms of, sharing information with each other, and it it might serve somebody well to listen to it and then move from there. 888-874-4888. Uh, positive is up next. You're on the air. Oh, good afternoon, you, Tracy, and to the family and listening. I like to good afternoon. I'd like to first preface this by saying to you, sister, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I'm so uh, sorry for the way uh, 
that I might have came off to you uh, last time I spoke to you, either in any kind of antagonism way. Um, I meant to call you back the next day, but I I guess something was wrong with the uh, station there where I couldn't call in or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, at any rate, uh, since I just wanted you to know that you know, I had nothing but love for you, and I wish you the best as I would my own mother, sister, or even self, or even God himself. And I don't mean that lightly. So, uh, well, thank you. So what are you freeing your mind of today? I wanted to uh, to add on to something the brother said. It, it, it's just something that came over my mind. I remember uh, when he said about uh, speaking to how to how to how how we should have how young people should address the police when they're being pulled over or something of that nature. Um, my oldest is uh, forty should be forty three. My my son is thirty nine. I started all over again, so I have like two sons. I have a seven year old, and I have a ten year old you know, along with seven grandchildren. I, um, hearing him uh, speak, it, it made me reminisce of something Dick Gregory said a long time ago in regards to when we had when this type of situation was in the media a lot about blacks being pulled over by police and being unlawfully or either uh, detained or even killed uh, unjustifiably. He said that uh, we must not instill fear or we must not cow down to a unjust evil system by inflict by in, in inducing fear or teaching fear into onto our children. It's it's like to him what he what he's basically saying is like cow howling to an unjust system by doing that. Though it is not I understand the brother he's speaking from love in in the sense of saying that uh you know how you how one, one should conduct, especially young black males, how they should conduct themselves when being pulled over. But like I said, um, I agree with Dick Gregory, even though I respect what the brother's saying. There's a thin line between that and actually teaching our children to be to have fear within them. And fear is not good for nobody. And if white people don't have to uh, inflict fear in their children when it comes to dealing with law enforcement. Even though we said we're, we're not white and we're treated differently, we shouldn't have to do it neither. I think uh, intelligence should take a, a more of a front seat, and uh, we should go from there. But never inflict, never teach them to live with, to try to live with a cop to, to submit to fear in any form. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> the question, though, and it's a very important question, is it's not so much about uh, keeping uh, keeping faith with your ego. It's about remembering that you can lose your life, which is more important. You're still in charge because you're in charge of your behavior, which hopefully sends a message to the police. Now, some police don't care what it is you, you try to communicate. They know that they are operating 100% fully covered by, quote, the law. They are the state, and they have far more power than 
an individual has in that interaction. They are very clear about that. And sometimes these interactions occur in isolated places. There are not many witnesses. There's not even good lighting. And you have to keep your head, you know, keep your eyes on the prize, as they say, but but keep your head in order. That the main thing, which is what the brother is trying to tell us, is to live, to get through it, and be alive. That's the main thing. Uh, But don't get into a confrontation. You're not there to prove that you ain't scared. (laughs) You know, the main thing is think in terms of you have to live for another day. You may have children. You may be responsible for other people. Your life has great meaning to a whole circle of people that you, we, we don't consider. You know, we're just going about our business. But right, right. this is the dynamic that immediately goes into play, whether we initiate it or not. The dynamic is clear, and at least the police understand it, and that is... In this scenario right now, I have way more power than you. I could kill you and right. get away with that's it. Why, that's why I say air with, with an air of intelligence. And the, the one thing that the previous caller said is true is that, I think he said this, is that uh, all they have to do, you know, because you know, my father was also a police officer in the, in, the, in the 70s, and my uncle was one of the first uh, black police, chief police, in Albany, which I was, where I was originally born, Albany, New York. Um, all they have to do is say that their life, say that their life, they feel that their life was threatened, and that yes. is lawfully to them. I mean, with the law, justifiably, justifiably homicide. So all they got to do is claim that they, they feel their life was threatened. Lie, you know, usually they lie about it, but this is what you know goes on daily. So you're right, you're right. I agree with you 100. percent yeah, the main thing is to be to survive, to come through it alive, and then you could That's go right. from You're there. Right. There you go. You're right, 100%. I agree with you. Thank you. Thank you for calling and contributing today. 888-874-4888. We're winding down. What do you have on your mind that you would like to free it of and share with us? what it is, your, your, your wisdom. E from Edgewater, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Yatrice. Good afternoon, E. What's going on? Well, if David from Brooklyn is listening, I hope he's in, his condition is improving and he'll, he'll be back with us soon. I hope Take so, too. Take your time, you. David. Okay. Uh, you know, you call me strange, call me weird, uh, but okay, you're believe... strange and you're weird. I just, <laughs> I just wanted you. <laughs> Your command. You just did it. I, 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 well, I asked for it and you, and you gave it to me. All right, but but I'm the type of person that uses logic and common sense to come to my conclusions about my opinions and things I think about in the world, and. 
I always believe the best policy is to always avoid a problem. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. Am I weird or strange that I, that I believe that, that we should always try to avoid a problem if it's possible? Sometimes a problem is not possible to avoid. Like once in a while, since I live down here in Florida, you'll get an alert on the phone. You hear the phones beeping. You look at it, it says, warning, severe thunderstorms in the area, possible tornado could, uh, could occur. Stay away from the windows and go to your safest place in your house. You don't have time to prepare nothing. You just got to run for your life and hope for the best. And usually the storms dissipate and you don't get any problem here. But it happens some, some places. They get trees knocked down and stuff like that. Back to my point. When you have a hurricane, you usually get five days advance notice that a hurricane is coming. So... Then I go into my hurricane mode preparation. So I'm going to cover the windows with the four aluminum panels. So I'm going to put them out there uh, four days before the storm's coming. So they're all there in place. So the day before the storm is coming, I'm going to cover the windows because I don't want to cover them up five days ahead. All right, so I, I have everything in place. It might take a couple of hours to get everything prepared there's a, a beam that I have to connect in the uh, drive in the garage door to make it stronger. They give you this beam to put in there. And I did this uh, program like four years in a row. Once I moved down here, we had like hurricanes for four years straight. And now we haven't had any for uh, the last few years, but that's a preparation. And then you make sure everything's out of the yard. And uh, so nothing blows around and you know, now, suppose I said, well, I did all that work last year, and then the hurricane went the other way and didn't even come here. So I wasted my time. So this time, even though they're saying it's a big hurricane is coming, and it's coming right for the east coast here in Florida, I'm just going to take my chances, throw caution to the wind, and just take a wait-and-see uh, policy here. And then the hurricane comes, and there it is. It's... Uh, too late now to do anything because the place is, uh, is furious and it sounds like a train's going through the house and this is going to go on for 10 hours and sure enough, my windows are getting blown out. All the stuff I left in the yard is now blowing into other people's yards and caused damage. Now I got lawsuits on my hands all because I didn't want to do what I knew I should do. So whose fault is it? My fault or the hurricane's fault in the case that I just illustrated. It's yours. It's my fault. Yes. I had time to prepare, and I chose not to do that. And in the case of what happened January 6th, people that were going to be in the Capitol that day, they had time to prepare for two weeks. They knew a hurricane was coming in the form of Donald Trump and his and his cohorts that he was calling for to come to Washington, D.C. on the day that they're going to be counting the votes. Not Republicans. They're not going to be in there. The Democrats are going to be in there trapped like rats. And if 65 million people voted for this nut uh, twice, then who knows? Maybe millions of people could show up. Why would you want to invite that kind of a thing to your city? Don't they have a mayor, a governor, police chiefs, anybody? 
I never heard one peep from Nancy Pelosi, Charlie Schumer, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, Mr. Ocasio-Cortez, Ms. Omar, everybody buttoned their lips for two weeks. Nobody said nothing. And now they're all saying something. Now it's a big deal. Well, why didn't you stop it from happening in the first place? Because you wanted it to happen. And we who hate Donald Trump, we're not going to say that was totally illogical that they allowed him to have this, this man who we all know is insane and and a group of psychiatrists told us he's insane. Why would we give him the right to have this? We took them four years to finally get him out of here, and now we're going to let him have a party here. Now you go to mar lago and have a party. You got a big place there. Invite everybody there, but you're not going to do it here. And that's why I think it was done on purpose so we can get a lot of uh, stuff done and our rights will be violated. We won't no longer be allowed to demonstrate or have rallies or anything. Definitely not in Washington. And I don't know about any place else. But the people that should be investigated are the ones that allowed it to happen. Not the, not the person that started it, that, that asked for it. He could say, everybody tomorrow jumps off the roof. Are we all going to do it? No. You don't let a crazy some person... Will, some who, will, believe me, some will is yeah. the nature of things. Some will jump off the roof. Well, you don't let a person who is irate for a month and a half about the election being rigged and how he got cheated and he wants Pence to break the law and do all these things, and that's the person you're going to say, yeah, sounds like a good idea to let him invite everybody to come to Washington. How could that make any sense? There's no logic in it, Utrecht, and I'm begging you to help me here to understand why people are believing in this. <laughs> if you want logic from me, now, yes. now I'm worried about you. <laughs> I'm worried, worried about, about you. Me. You're looking for logic from me. Look, the man was a former president of the United States that automatically gives him some juice. It gives him a lot of elastic so he can do whatever he wants to do. Nobody wants to be responsible for arresting a president. Nobody wants to uh, take on, you know, the burden of putting this man in jail because it, it it becomes a uh, you know it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. He will use it in the way he normally would to show he's being you know he's being treated badly. He's a former president of the United States. Doesn't that count for something? Doesn't he have rights? The the situation has been. Uh, allowed to get into an area where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. The Democrats cannot take him on, even when common sense says they should, because it's politically detrimental for them to do that. And people would say, they caused, they the Democrats are the ones who caused the problem. 
because they escalated it when they should have maintained some measure of control. And they did take measure, uh, some control, and we did see Trump literally betray himself, his true self, and that whole movement of people who came to Washington with arms and, and bombs and ready to, to do very serious damage and even kill. They were prepared to do that. They had a, 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 a hangman's noose ready for Mike Pence. We've never seen this kind of behavior before in this country, at least not in recent centuries. All right. So I'm listening. If if the hurricane came and I chose not to cover my windows and they all got damaged and my garage door got pushed in because I didn't put the beam in the middle. Now, should, should, what was I going to say about that now? Uh, <laughs> if, if, if I chose to do nothing... Uh, right. And now after every all the damage is done, now I go and put the panels up over the windows. Does that make any sense? The windows are broke. It may not make sense to cover. anybody, but it might make sense to you, as illogical as it is. Because when you but, but, should have moved, you neglected to do that. When you mm. should have taken preemptive action, you didn't do that. So you, right. in a sense, point I'm trying to make. you got what you deserved. Yeah. Yes. But it's right. not the so same thing. The point thing. I'm trying to make, let me just finish this one point because we're running out of time. But Biden chose to call out the National Guard and put up barbed wire fences the next day after the storm came and went. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing as yes, what I, I said. Do. I'm going to cover my windows. Now they're broke. It didn't make any sense. Oh, well, we're out of time now. We're out of time. We're out of time. Uh, We'll pick this up another time. Thank you all for calling in and contributing. And have yourselves a decent weekend. Get some rest. Get tighter with your family and friends. And let's talk again on Monday. Bye-bye.